Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. This is a message that Tom Job preached on Sunday morning, May 30th, 2021, out in Elm Grove Park. Actually, our last time having church in the park. And he spoke from Matthew chapter 20. Hey, here we are. This is so fun and, I don't know, a little bit sad. So... (laughs) Oh, gosh. But we're going to do this just from time to time to remember. Hey, can I pray for us? Thank you, Lord, for so faithfully getting us through like this whole year. Shoo-wee, you got us through. We didn't give the coronavirus to anyone, and we worshiped you every week. Thank you, Lord, so much. And oh, we lift up those who have heavy hearts, those who have a lot on their heart, and um, oh, those who need you to help. We love you so much. Thank you for being so faithful to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was going to tell you like one time, um, you know that thing where you see your name in print, like in the newspaper and stuff, and it always kind of gives you, makes your heart jump a little bit. There was one morning, there was a guy that used, he came to church here years ago and they moved away, but he worked for the Oak Ridger. And I saw him and he said, hey, you look, you, you look great today. I was like, oh, thanks. He said, no, you look great. And I was like, well, thanks. And then he showed me on the front of the Oak Ridger there was somebody in the obituaries whose name was Thomas Job, but um, but it was spelled with an E on the end. And I said, well, I don't spell mine with the E on the end, so it doesn't. It couldn't have been me. Although every time I've ever seen my name in the paper, it always has an E on the end. When I really kick it, it probably will have an E on the end. But they, were, you know, I thought when Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and he interviewed a lot of people, and there were people. I think he. I think a lot of the information that he got at the beginning part was from interviews that he did with Jesus's mother. And there were people who, if they lived long enough and they ever got to see a copy of the Gospel of Luke, they would have been able to read their names like Zechariah and Elizabeth and Simeon and and Anna and, you know, but there's a lot of people in the Gospel of Luke that that are somehow, we never really found out what their name was. There's like the shepherds, I guess Mary was too tired to really ask people what their name was. And we don't know any of their names. There was a woman who anointed Jesus with oil in chapter seven. We don't know her name. Jesus borrowed a donkey from some people. We don't know their names. And I've always been fascinated with people in the New Testament that we don't know what their name is. But one of my favorite ones was a guy, he was a blind beggar and he was in outside at the gate of the city of Jericho. And this was like about a week before Jesus was arrested and he was passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. There were thousands of people in Jericho for the Passover, thousands of people following Jesus. They all kind of converged. They were all asking the same question. Is this the most important, is this the, is he the one? Is he the one we've been waiting for? Is this the most important person who has ever walked our earth? The most important person who has ever breathed our air. And this blind beggar was listening to all this. And, you know, maybe he heard like a, a couple of, of women maybe were saying, is that really him? Is that the one, the Messiah? And the other woman could have said, oh yes, I've heard him many times. He tells the most wonderful stories. And then all of the sudden, this beggar just starts yelling, son of David, have mercy on me. As loud as he could, just son of David, have mercy on me. And the people were like, dude, shut it. I mean, like, that's so inappropriate. You just can't like be yelling up at Jesus like that. And he just yelled more and more. And he's just like, Jesus, I know you've come to save the world, but the world can wait a minute. I need you to help me. I know that you have a heart for people like me. The unlovable person, the unsolvable problem, My hurt, your heart are the perfect combination. 
And then you think, wait a minute, I know his name. I've known that since VBS when I was seven years old. That's like blind Bartimaeus. Well, I wasn't really talking about him because in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew said there were two blind people. Like when you think, how does one person believe what very few people believe about Jesus and believe it in the face of strong criticism and opposition? Well, it wasn't one person. He had a friend. And I don't know whether it was Bartimaeus or I don't know whether it was his friend, but one of them said, hey, Jesus is passing by. I think he cares about people like you and me. You do? Yes. Isaiah said he like came to give sight to the blind. Uh, that would be us. Why don't we just start yelling at him to help us? And maybe the other one said, well, the yelling at him, I mean, people would think we're crazy. And it's like, well, do you really care what people, do you know what people think of you? Do you really care what people think of you? I mean, if Jesus is passing by and they're not all screaming and yelling for him, I think they're crazy. So let's just do it. If we both do it, he'll hear us. And maybe one of them said, okay, I'll go if you go. Like, why don't you go first? Why don't you go first? Well, let's count to three and let's do it together. So they just started yelling, son of David, have mercy on us. When you believe something about Jesus that's difficult to believe and very few people believe it and you have to believe it maybe in the face of opposition or criticism, the person who believes it with you and who encourages you to believe it more because they believe it too are some of the most important people in your life. And I think about some things that I went into this year believing and I'm coming out of this year believing. Like one thing I believe is that in a community of people who love and follow Jesus, the feature that is the least important in their community is their building. Like, I mean, I love our little building up there. But the New Testament says nothing about church buildings and we haven't apparently needed it for like one entire year. I mean, people in the New Testament worship Jesus. Uh, well, the first time people ever worshiped Jesus, it was in a barn. And then in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew, his disciples worshiped him in a boat. And then at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 500 people worshiped him in a field on the top of a mountain. I've been into some of the most magnificent temples of Christendom in Europe. I remember one time we had taken a bunch of kids to, to Italy to work at the, in a U.S. Uh, military base in called Camp Darby with a bunch of young life kids, like military young life kids. And afterwards, there were some kids from Oak Ridge that wanted, that had to fly out of Milan and they went to St. Mary's. And so they wanted to see the Cathedral of Milano. So I took them to see the Cathedral of Milan and the security guard wouldn't let us in because one of the guy's shorts were too short. And one of the girls had a shirt that didn't have any sleeves. And he said, you can't go in if you have a shirt with no sleeves. And I said, half of the statues are naked. He said, I don't make the rules here. But I will say this, that some of the most amazing worship times I've ever had in my life 
have been in some of like the worst buildings, like in what, 1988, November, worshiping on Wednesday evenings in a city park in Milan with 30 or 40 Filipinos who were meeting out there in Parco Simpioni right in front of the Castel Suarcesco. And we would just worship and praise until we gathered them into our English language church. I think about a time one winter with a bunch of Arab brothers in Christ, and we had gone to an old broken down retreat center that belonged to the Salvation Army, and it had no heat. What a time of worship that we had there, just freezing to death. And they had put their money together and flown a pastor from Long Beach, California named Latif to speak to them all weekend. And they all knew and revered him because he had been spent time in prison, arrested for his faith under Anwar Sadat. And they gave me the honor of bunking with him in his bunk. And he snored like a sawmill and I didn't sleep a bit, but it was a great honor to just to be with him. I think about our little church that we met in a prefab steel building. Prostitutes used to live there and work there during the week. We'd always try to get them to stay for church, but they never would. But it had no heat. Milan is on the same latitude as Montreal, Canada. And we would praise the Lord with our winter coats and hats and gloves and seeing our breath. People from 17 different countries in a beaten down old building. I think about a time in my life when I worshiped in a park in a city with a because we were in a worldwide pandemic. And we'll tell our kids and grandkids about it. I love, I love our little building up on 100 Ogden. It's just so, you know, humble and sweet and paid for. You know, when we were thinking about it in 2004, it was kind of a miracle that we found that place, but I was kind of investigating what it would it cost to build that much square footage, like just a concrete slab in a steel building, it would have been two and a half million dollars. We got that thing for $240,000 and we paid it off. And in the last two years, we've almost given that much away to missionaries. In the last 10 years, almost a million dollars we've given away for to, to share the love of Jesus, you know? And so I had a friend, my friend, I have a buddy named Buddy. And oh golly, this was many years ago. They were Buddy and Kathy were in town, but um, oh. and they went to Big Ed's, and he called me up and said, "We want to see your church building." So we met him at Big Ed's, and we went up the hill. And when Buddy saw our church, he said, "I knew it would look like this." <laughs> anyway. I believe that people matter more than buildings. And people who believe that, they helped me to believe it more. You know, that in the Old Testament, there was a building that was super important. It was the temple. It was like kind of like a, a pageant that talked about God's world. And people were invited from all over the world. If you want to know what God is like, and if you want to learn how you can know him, you were invited to enter into it. But then when Jesus came into our world, almighty God became a human who became a, a human being also with a real human body. And Jesus said, now his body was the temple of God. If you wanted to know what God was like, just watch him. Almighty God loves the unlovable, touches the untouchable, has pity on the pitiful, is kind to people who are not like our kind, who loved and liked people who were not like him, who cared for the people who were uncared for. 
That's what God is like. And if you want to know God, you just have to believe in Jesus, who was almighty God, who became poor, who became a servant, who became sin for us and paid for all of it. And then when you invite him to come into your life, he does come into your life. And the New Testament says, now we are the temple of God. Oh, and we're the ones, you know, that just, now it's our job. And I've been reading the book of Titus and Titus said, it's not like the temple back like in the Old Testament where you invited people to come into it. Now we're encouraged to go out into their world, like into other people's world. The book of Titus said at one time, we were full of malice and we were full of strife and we were hateful and we were hating each other. But now Jesus has come to live inside of us and we're the temple of God. And he said, now we're supposed to be gentle and peaceable and devoted to doing good, just like the gentle prince of peace that Peter said he went around doing good in a society that I think is increasingly malicious and increasingly mean and increasingly full of strife and increasingly hateful and hating one another. A society that when you say Christian, it doesn't move anybody's needle anymore. If you say like evangelical, which is a word that used to be precious to me. And now it means something to do with politics. I believe that more than ever before, it's up to us to get out there and love the unlovable and care for those who aren't cared for and to be kind to those who aren't are kind and to love and like people that are not like us. I believe that people matter more than buildings. And I believe going forward in the future, love is going to speak louder than words. You know, and I think that it's, it's going to be up to us to get out there and just love people, just come to know people and open our hearts up to them. Oh, to be gentle, to be peaceable, and to be devoted to doing good. And I believe, I believe that personal is always going to be better than digital. You know what I mean? Like when we started this thing and I, we started having to do like online and talking into a camera, I've never seen myself on television. And I looked at myself and I said, you're one of those old people that they're worried about getting the coronavirus. I didn't realize that. But, you know, preaching into a camera, I've been able to do animal acts um, in this past year, action stunts, one on the roof of our building, and some impressive magic tricks. But, but I needed to, I needed to be together. 
I needed for us to be together. It wasn't the same thing. And when we started doing this thing, would people come to a park? Would people come to a park and do this? And I didn't really know. And then the first time we got together and people started walking between those trees, it was like field of dreams. We didn't even build anything. And people just came. And it's just been so awesome. I mean, I've done, I did a Bible study a couple of weeks ago for San Fiore's church in Italy. It was on a Zoom thing. It's, it was on a zombie thing. You know what I mean? It's like Zoom. I, you don't even know if they're dead. If they're dead, you can't hear anybody. I just told them, listen, if you're with me and you agree with me, write amen on a card and hold it up. You know, so at least I know you all are out there. But then when we went back up into the prison and we got hugs and we got welcome backs and we got loads and loads of amens and just doing this all year and to have people who believe that it's important to get together and to praise the Lord together. It's important for us to praise the Lord together, whether it was cold, whether it was cloudy, whether it was hot, whether it was windy, whether it was drizzly, or whether it was snowy. You believed it too. And I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the, just for the, this year. Thank you for believing in this. Thank you for believing that it's, it's important. And um, you encouraged me to believe what I was trying hard to believe. And if you believe too, like me, that it's gonna be important for the people of God to get out there and to love people, it's going to encourage me to do it as well. Anyway, I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for getting us through the, to the end of this. I believe God has gotten us through the end of this. And, and I'm super, super thankful and super thankful for you. Heavenly Father, thanks. Thanks for getting us through this year. I never thought, I didn't even know. I was taking it one day at a time. I didn't know if we would ever get through this, but um, you got us through it and we did it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for every heart. Thank you for our triple C. Thank you for the future and thank you for what you're going to do in us and through us. Help us to be real Christians in a confused world. Help us to be good at it and help us to be devoted to it. Help us to help each other do this well. We're going into an uncertain future when people need the love of Jesus and they're going to need to see the love of Jesus from people who love Jesus. Help us to do it well. In your precious name, amen.